Good morning, Action Church. I am so excited about this series, The Battle of the Sexes. And I honestly, with my whole heart, believe there is nobody better to teach you about being a godly man than my husband. Gary asked me to talk about what it means to be a woman, and at first Satan started reminding me about my past, my flaws, all the reasons I'm not qualified, playing in my mind, all my fears, trying to convince me that I'm not the right person for this. To talk to you about what it means to be a woman, and not only that, a godly woman. But 1 John 4 says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So I told Satan to shut up, and I began working on my very first sermon. So before we get into it, I'd like to say a quick prayer with you guys, if you don't mind. Heavenly Father, thank you for this place. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to stand here and speak your word. Lord, I pray that you open the hearts and the minds of our congregation. I pray that we walk away from today knowing that we are purposeful, called, designed, and intentional, and that you put us here because you are out to achieve something in us, in the gender that you wrapped us in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our generation is so busy trying to prove that women can do everything that men can do, that we are losing the unique qualities that set us apart, the God-given femininity and unique ways that our Creator designed us. We weren't created to do everything that a man can do, but we were created to do everything that a man can't. Male and female were not created to be a power struggle, but a power union. Genesis 2 says that it is not good for man to be alone. God didn't say men aren't good. He just said that it is not good for man to be alone. So he created an answer for that, and the answer is woman. Woman coming alongside man took what wasn't good about man and made it so very, very good. We have allowed the lies of our culture, though, to infect us. They want us to believe that in order to be powerful women, we have to act like men. But we don't. We don't have to act like men. But there are a couple things that I personally have found help me to be the woman God created me to be. And first is being still. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Being still, though, caused instant anxiety for me. Gary is always telling me that I do not know how to relax. I do not know how to sit still. And he's right. I tend to fill my day with chores, kids, work, more chores, 752 dogs, and whatever next big adventure my husband is working up. But filling my calendar from sunup to sundown leaves no time for me and God, which is exactly what the enemy wants. The world wants women to believe that being still equals being lazy. The Bible tells us, though, that we need to be still in order to hear and connect with God. Setting aside time to pray, study, listen to worship music, all these things are essential for my strength. And I do practice these things in my everyday life. But if your day looks like mine, you may not have an hour to spend on your knees in prayer. 
So I look for pockets, pockets of time. We all don't have hours, but I'm pretty sure that every one of us can think of a pocket or two that we have to be with God. Personally, for me, I start my day with God because my day is so crazy. So all of you know I like to go to the gym. That is my me time. It's my me time for two reasons. One, it is where I spend my time with God doing cardio. Lots of times I feel like I need Jesus in order to get through my cardio. But it is where I listen to sermons. Um, I like to walk there and back so that I can pray and have just that special time with God. So what do you do on your commute to work? What do you do when you're sitting at your kid's sports practice? When Luke was in football, he would practice at Veterans Park. There's a huge, beautiful track. A lot of times I'd put in my headphones, worship music, pray, and walk the track. What do you do um, on your lunch break? Who do you talk to? What's playing in the background while you do laundry? What's the last thing you do before you fall asleep? Um, this one's hard for me, though. Our evenings are pretty, pretty chill. Um, Gary and I like to watch our favorite TV show. And then I am the person that most of you would love to hate because I think I fall asleep somewhere between sitting on the bed and my head actually hitting the pillow. Anyone who tries to text with me past nine knows that I can send you a text message at 8.59 in 24 seconds, and by 9 o'clock, I'm sound asleep. Just, just the other night, my nephew came into town. My brother and I were texting, trying to make plans. It was 9.36, which, by the way, is very late for me. It was 9.36, and I woke up the next morning to a text from Misty at 9.46 that I responded to at 6.30 the next morning. So, Trying to get my God time in at night is not, does not work for me. Other people, it may be different. But we live in a day and time where we are so lucky because we can fill the space in our life with the most amazing sermons. Worship music is literally at our fingertips. Audiobooks, podcasts. There's even an app on our phone for the Bible. In a world where the Bible is literally banned in places, we can access ours on our tiny little handheld computers. But if we don't have a plan, we will literally end up scrolling through feeds during every extra second of our day. So ladies, you must make God's presence a priority in your life. You need to wake up and position yourself to hear God speak. It is literally the strength that we need to get through the next season. And it's right here in the things God is speaking to you now in the places that you would least expect. So now that we've covered what it means to be still and that we all can take a look at our schedule and carve out some little pockets of time, the next point I want to look at is to be submissive. Job 22, 21 through 22 says, Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. There are a couple parts that I find to uh, being submissive. The first one that I find so vitally important is being submissive to God. So Gary has said in passing, I think I'm going to have you teach one Sunday. 
I don't think he ever got the sentence out of his mouth before I shot him down with a hard no. Immediately in my mind, I was telling myself, I can't. I'm not good enough. I'm not good at speaking. Um, I don't have what it takes. And the crazy thing is I would walk away actually disappointed because I felt that burden, that tug on my heart, that calling to one day stand up here and speak the things of God, allowing my mess to have a message for someone. So then a few weeks ago, Gary said, I think I want you to teach on what it means to be a godly woman. And before I could talk myself out of it, I submitted to God and his call for me in this moment, and I said yes. The Bible says in Luke 6 that your gift will make room for you. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. When you make time, even pockets of time, to be still and listen for that still, small voice, you can hear what God is saying and what he is calling on your life. And then you're presented with opportunities to submit to him. And in that vulnerable, submissive place, he transforms you spiritually by leaps and bounds. Submitting to God, a faithful, trusting, never-failing God, seems easier than submitting to your spouse, right? I can look back, and in the moment, I didn't understand God's plan. But at the end of the day, I knew he made it crystal clear what he was trying to do through me and in me in those moments. So when you think about submitting to God, you're like, of course, he never fails me. It's God. Why wouldn't I submit to him? Then we also have to submit to our spouse. And the world's uh, stigma on the word submission for women, the world likes us to believe that that means we are weak, meek, mild, watered down, inferior, that we must obey a man simply because he's a man, even if he doesn't act as such. But let me tell you, if a man leads you properly, a woman will submit naturally. So that brings us to Ephesians 5.22. And clearly here it says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. Everything we see in creation proves the existence of our creator. I mean, how can you debate the amazingness of God when you look at like a golden retriever? I mean, they're perfect. And everyone knows my, loves for, my love for animals. Um, but a specific species that I find so incredible are lions. Yes, a giant cat. Uh, contrary to Gary's beliefs, they are actually very loyal and spectacular creatures. Um, God created the lion and the lioness. After reading about them, I believe that there is no creature that will make a man prouder to be a man than a lion, and there is no creature that makes me prouder to be a woman than a lioness. They hunt together. They are strategic they greet and groom one another. And when they meet, it's actually face-to-face -face because they have sweat glands above their eyebrows that release the sense of their pride. 
They are one another's mirrors, and they actually understand that their strength is for service. Have you ever seen the way a cat's eyes glow in headlights? This is normally when Gary would try to run them over, but actually, if you pay attention to how they're shaped, um, they are shaped like that so that they can actually take the light in. They can take the light in the dark and then use that light from within to guide their paths. We as humans can do the same because our creator gave us life in our eyes to take in the word of God to be our light and guide our paths. So up on the screen, you're going to see a picture. I believe that this picture is the enemy's worst nightmare. This is two lions face-to-face in strength. The enemy does not want men and women to remember who they are as a union. We are intimate allies. We are the best of one another. My husband and I are better together than either of us are apart. My husband is very good with structure, and I am good with nurture. But if you have nurture without structure and structure without nurture, you're going to have a problem. Proverbs 14.1 says, A wise woman builds her house. So what do wise men do? They build their women. Because if you build your women, the women will build your house. A lioness honors the lion and what he will one day be, instead of accusing the one he is in a moment. Lions sleep a lot, I read. A whole lot. The lioness is the hunter, the cub raiser, and that can get overwhelming. <laughs> Amen, ladies? Like, we do all that stuff, right? We get the groceries. We cook the groceries. We have the children. We raise the children. We do all these things, and it can get to be a lot. But we have to decide how we are going to honor what could be, what should be, and what will be. How to prophesy that kingdom come and thy will be done. Are we going to speak to the king Are we going to speak to the fool? Are we going to nag? Because let me tell you, me and Gary are approaching nine years of marriage in April. We've been together almost 10 years now. And I can tell you that nagging does not work. Not even a little bit. (laughs) But when I speak to the nobility in my husband, that awakens something in him. The lioness seemed to know something that we have forgotten in our culture, and that is no act is ever, no act of honor is ever lost in translation. If you feel judged, you will judge. If you feel loved, you will love. Ladies of action, remember, a lioness does not ever try to be the lion. She embraces her role as the lioness. She is powerful strong, and nurturing. She does not mistake meekness for weakness. The world needs kind, compassionate, humble, faithful, persevering, confident, fierce, bold, pure, and tender-hearted women. So we've talked about what it means to be still 
and how we need to be submissive to God and to our spouse. But I don't want to forget that we also need to be accountable. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 1, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. We need to align ourselves with people who can confirm what is already inside of you. You aren't intended to go through this life alone. I see women every day still screwing this up. I was so messed up in this area just a couple of years ago. I try to teach this to my daughter because I would give anything for her to learn what it took me 36 years to learn much earlier in her life. But we need each other. I need you and you need me. When Gary asked me, to teach this Sunday, and I said yes, I knew immediately that I needed to call someone that's very important to me. I picked up the phone, and I called Lynn. (laughs) And I called Lynn because when Gary would ask me before, we would talk about it, and I would tell her all the reasons that I couldn't do it, and she would tell me all the reasons that she knew I could. And that was so important because she knew what was already inside of me. She could confirm that for me before I could talk myself out of it again. So many of you may not be super knowledgeable about elephants. I know you guys are like, oh my God, golden retrievers, lions, elephants. I love animals. It is what it is. And I'm up here today, so you guys have to listen. So if any of you are parents you will know that whatever your child is into, you better be into also. They are all consuming, right? Whatever they are into is what they talk about. It's what they want to read about. It's what they want to watch on TV. So you better be in the know when it comes to what your kids are into. So when Emily was little, she was obsessed with elephants. We had to go to the museums and all the pictures. Everywhere I went, if it had an elephant on it, she got it. But a few things I learned about elephants in that time is that they are more intelligent than primates, dolphins, and whales. They can solve complex problems. They can recognize their own reflection in the mirror. They can even dance to the beat of music, which I've been to many events with all of you in this room. That is more than a lot of us can do. They can even communicate through infrasonic sounds, which can actually be heard up to six miles apart. I think that is so cool. But the most amazing thing I found about elephants is they are a matriarchal society. They operate as a unit. They care for each other's young. The older teach the younger to watch for danger. They grieve with each other. They slow down when another is sick or injured. But when one of their own is in a vulnerable place, they do this thing where they circle up. So normally what this looks like is one of their own is usually in labor. So they circle around her and they face outward 
so that way they can protect her from any danger she may be facing. Have you ever had the honor of women circling around you in a time of need? It is truly amazing. Being still and making time for God is great. Submitting to his calling and what he lays on your heart is awesome. Learning how to be a godly wife is incredible. But you are also going to need others around you to support you and hold you accountable. So many of us are jaded by the past, by people who hurt us. But as you start to be still and be submissive, your criteria for friendship actually changes. What I defined as a friend a few years ago was so off base. It was so off. As I stand here today, I can honestly say that I have prayed and God has blessed me with some of the most amazing friendships. I was always taught to find someone a little further along than you in their walk, in their maturity, someone you want to follow, but for who they are, not what they wear, not what they look like or what they have or how many followers they have. Sadly, I'm not only speaking to the teens in the room on this one. I have friendships in this room that truly mean the world to me. Women I would fight for. I know God brought them into my life because I prayed for friendships like these. They're more than just my hangout buddies. It's hard to hang out with anybody right now. You know, you go through phases where you basically need an appointment to hang out with your friends. But these women and I have prayed each other through loss, raising kids, marriage struggles, careers, ministry. And if you think it's amazing and beautiful to feel that support from your friends, the privilege to do it for someone else, walking alongside them in a time of need, it takes that level of friendship to a place that a girl's night out could not ever give you. We live in a day, of time, a day and time of competition and division. The world tries to teach us that if another woman looks bad, that makes us look good. But what God has woven in our DNA and what we have learned from the lioness and the elephant is when God created us, he made it our duty to groom one another. We need to remember that if a sister in Christ looks bad, so do we, because we've been negligent of our service to her. Friendships like these, they take vulnerability, time, and the willingness to be held accountable and to hold your sisters in Christ accountable as well. It's time for us to remember that women are answers to be embraced, not problems to be controlled. I want you guys to write this down or take a picture of the screen, whichever. Rebellion against submission comes from past experiences and generational chains. I can say this because I personally have experienced this. So... Growing up, I was raised by a single mom, and 
she instilled in me the I am woman, hear me roar, I can do it myself, I can pay the bills, I can go to work, I can raise my kids, I don't need a man, I don't need, I don't need any of those things, I can do it by myself. That sounds really good, except that's not how we were created. So I took that into my first marriage. So much so that I had obey taken out of my wedding vows. I was not going to say it. I was not going to say it. I was not going to do it. Um, then later, I got to experience and witness one of the most beautiful marriages I've ever seen. My Grammy and my grandpa were married a very long time. And he was the epitome of man. He led spiritually. He led emotionally. He led financially. And my grandmother is literally the strongest woman I've ever met in my life. There is nothing that woman did not say if she thought it do if she wanted to do it. But because of the leader he was, she felt safe and empowered to share her thoughts and her opinions and her feelings with him. He made her feel heard and special. So with that, I was able to watch her submit to him in all the right areas that God had called her to submit. And I was able to take that into my marriage to Gary. We must center ourselves and focus on who God is to us. He is our Savior. He is the Mighty One who does great things for us. But worship like this flows from someone with a living, breathing relationship with God. And with that relationship comes the ability to be still be submissive, and to be held accountable. So Gary did tell you guys that you guys were getting out of here early, and he was not wrong. Um, thank you guys for letting me stand up here and talk to you today and teach you.